Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Welcome back to the Appalachian Baptist Network. If you're just joining for the first time, this is part two of an interview with uh, Mr. Bob Polk, Pastor Bob Polk, my friend Bob Polk. Please go back and listen to the first one so you can get caught up. And I want to pick back back up here with you talking about your ministry and you were sharing with us about being a pastor. And then I know I've heard the story before, God began moving your heart into missions, Right. Right. As you were, as you were, was it as you were pastoring, or had you gone yes. to a conference? Is that how did that work? I was pastoring uh, in uh, High Point, North Carolina, and we had uh, just finished a building program in a church. We had relocated uh, originally; the whole church had been down downtown High Point, and if you know High Point, North Carolina, it's the furniture town. And so there was a lot of furniture factories and a lot of things related to that that had just pretty much surrounded the location of our church and the residential part of it had moved out and farther away. So a pastor that was there before me had led the church and they decided that it was time for them to move. And so when... I got there to be pastor. They had already made the decision to move, but they had not yet uh, got their plan drawn up or, and hadn't made uh, plans how to pay for it because they didn't have any money saved up for a building program. So when I got there, that's what I got involved in. And uh, when, as that goes along, I begin to think, you know, this is probably where I'm going to be for a long time. And because we uh, we built, we had a beautiful building site and a lot of land, and we could do a lot of different things. When we built the church, we built it according to the state standards so we could have uh, daycare and uh, so, uh, and all those things moved along real good. And we built the church. We had it. We had great ideas. We didn't finish everything, but in the future, the all the work had been done. And as far as the foundation and the framing, and so later we could add a balcony if we needed and do some things. And, uh, so got all that finished and got the church dedicated and it was going along well. We had grown some. And uh, Ruth and I went to the Southern Baptist Convention. And the Southern Baptist Convention in those days um, was a little bit different framework that is the program of the convention. Back then they had one big night which was Foreign Mission Night. 
What year do you think this is we're talking? Is this the 60s we're talking about here now? Uh, right now, we're all the way up in the 80s. Oh, we're in the 80s. Oh, we've, we've <laughs> well, jumped no, quite a few. 70s. 70s. Times. Okay, 70s. Yeah. You would have started ministry in what, the 1950s? Yes. Mid-50s? Ordained in 54. Okay. First church I pastored was, well, I went to mission 56. The first church of pastors fifty seven. Yeah. So I'd been in, you know, been did pastor here at Oak Street, did pastor at, and in um, First Baptist Church, Jellicoe, Tennessee. Been there a while, and so yeah, I'd been the pastor a pretty good while when. And that's one reason I was thinking I may just be here. Yeah. <laughs> But we we went to a foreign mission night at the Southern Baptist Convention. And that night, because that was always the big night for attendance, so they'd had it in the stadium. So we went, and we went, of course, to the stadium, and we, uh, it was such a crowd that we got there just about time before it started, and I had to sit in one place, and the roots sit in another place, but anyhow, they also appointed some missionaries that night. And it was a very moving, challenging kind of program or service. And so when we got back home to High Point, uh, I asked Ruth one day, uh, do you have any kind of special feeling about that service? <laughs> you know that. And she said... Uh, Yes, I did. I said, I got the feeling that the Lord was telling me maybe you ought to look into this. And so, and she said, well, she had the same feeling. And she felt like maybe the Lord was speaking to us. So... uh, I called the Foreign Mission Board just for information. And that information ended up going to Columbia. South <laughs> America. So So here you are, somebody that's pastored now from the fifties up into the eighties. And so you're trying you're you're trying to learn Spanish at uh, what age you're you're probably what in your fifties fi- early fifties yeah, yeah. well that had to be a challenge was that a challenge oh tell me <laughs> yeah no you're right we uh, said that time the mission board had a foreign mission board had two plants they had an associate missionary mm-hmm. that would be someone older usually and then. Uh, if you were a social missionary for four years, then you were made a permanent, just permanent missionary. But the social missionaries went through all the same preparation and preliminary part. So since we were going to Colombia and South America, we had to go to language school. So yeah. we, but we didn't get to spend the full time like the, most of the other missionaries we went on to the field is that because you passed with flying collars no is it? No. <laughs> no I didn't because when we got to Columbia there was a university there that taught Spanish to okay. 
people coming in from other countries. Where were you? Where were you in Colombia? The in Bogota. Bogota, which is a large city. Yeah. Reason we had to go uh, on to Colombia, not we could have finished a year of language school, but there were some political problems about visas and a lot of this kind of stuff going on. And also, they needed a pastor in Bogota for the international church. That you on Sunday morning you'd preach in English. Well, that's right up your alley. Yeah, and so so you could handle that while you were continuing to study. Um, so that's what we did. Did and you get pretty good with it though? Could you understand people pretty okay. well in Spanish before we left? Because yeah. we were there. Five years. So you literally spoke in tongues. Yes, <laughs> and sometimes even to the Colombians, it was unknown. <laughs> it was unknown to anybody. I, I got you. <laughs> That's good. Well, let's. Uh, so then you you were there for several years, but then you came back to yep. the area, right? You and did you come to Oak Street then? Is that yeah. when? You, yeah. 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 Oak Street was without a pastor when we resigned to come back home. And um, so they um, contacted me, and I ended up going back there. And uh, but anyhow, it was—I've uh, always wondered. I loved the people at Oak Street, and they—I still do see so many of them, and uh, they loved me. But I wasn't comfortable. I don't—I never have figured that out. That is this time. So you got to remember how it was at Oak Street three times. Oh, I didn't realize three. <laughs> I knew it was two. Okay. I didn't know it was three. Once from uh, 61 to 64, left, went to seminary. Okay. When I graduated from seminary in 67 and 8, Oak Street looked for a pastor. I went back. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, so they moved you to seminary and back? Yeah, I went over there, went back and came back. Most of them thought it didn't help me much. But, <laughs> and, uh, and they were probably right. Well, they did have that time to tell. But on this side, it was because uh, I still felt this strong urge for mission, some kind of mission work. Home mission board was looking for somebody to go to up in uh, eastern Kentucky section because the strip mining was going and the deep mines were fading out. And a lot of people, poor people, out of work. Oh, yeah. And uh, the mission board, the home mission board wanted to do a work up there. And uh, the way that they had worked it out. Was, hang, hang on a minute. I've got a, We have some younger Baptist listeners. They may not know what the Home Mission Board is because <laughs> the name has changed. Uh, let me translate. That's the North American Mission Board yeah, now. Right. It used to be called the Home Mission Board. And the uh, I think you may have referenced the Foreign Mission Board yeah. earlier, and that is now the International Mission Board. So yeah. they it's the same thing; it's just changed names yeah. in the Baptist life. So. You're aging me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just tell. I'm just just catching that for everybody that might be listening. So. Okay, it is to do that. Uh, First Baptist Church was looking for a pastor, so. Uh, 
I went to First Baptist Jellicoe and worked with them along to the church and uh, to to try to set up uh, some kind of ministry, which eventually did. Had what well, back in those days was called home missionaries. Yeah. A couple was appointed to work with in the mining areas. So, uh, and uh, so then, associational missionary mission work opened up. And that was here yeah. at the Watauga Baptist Association? Now, the first time was, was in, uh, down in Middle Tennessee, Lawrence County. Oh, okay. And you served there? Served there for three, four years. It was a rural association okay. and a good, good association. I learned a lot <laughs> yeah. there. And then after I'd been there that four years, uh, the uh, Oak Street, our Watauga Association was looking for someone. And I already had, uh, you know, knew a lot of people, knew a lot of the churches here, so... That's when I ended up back in here in what well, talk about the association eventually retired from there. Yeah. yeah. What year did you retire, Bob? Do you remember? Yeah, it would have been, let's see, let's try 79. Okay, all right. <laughs> 1979. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've had you've been in ministry work then for, what, six decades, roughly? Is that right? Yeah. Six, maybe yeah. six and some change? So yeah, counting pastorates and everything, I guess it's been what sixty four years. Yeah, that's a good run. Uh that's a that's a very good run. So uh let me ask you this then, kind of looking back, uh if you what do you wish you had known about ministry when you started out? So if you could go like if ninety year old Bob Polk could go talk to just graduated from seminary Bob Polk, what would you tell him? Well, <laughs> One thing I would tell him is uh, the fact you've graduated from seminary or whatever education route he's taken, that don't think that's the end of learning. Because in many ways, I think as time goes on, you'll be repeating to yourself over and over, well, why didn't I learn that before? <laughs> and, uh, because of the experience that comes in the ministry. But one of the things that I would say, too, because I think I got tangled up in this um, in, uh, when I went into the ministry. So the Southern Baptist Convention was really... Uh, see, that was in the 50s, World War II had wound down. A million more by 54? Do you remember yeah, that campaign? Uh, a million more in 54. They even I, had a hymn. Did you know that? I was caught up in that. And I mean, I heard, and, and it was interesting in those days, at least in the area where I was, you know, the Baptist people really took that seriously. Right. And... Uh, Evangelism and missions and, yeah. That was it. Evangelism and missions, you know. That's what we're going to do. And uh, anyhow, um, and all the churches were growing. And those days, uh, except the ones that 
split, and I guess they grew too. <laughs> but anyhow, somebody uh, said once that Baptists were like cats. All we do is fight and reproduce. <laughs> well, I had a professor in East Tennessee State one time who was a Presbyterian and found out I was going to ministry, and he used to tease me a lot, and he said. Baptists got messed up mathematics. They think you multiply the dividing. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, that, uh, so I ended up, as we were saying, isn't this, this different kind of mission where we can, if I were telling a pastor today, one of the first things would be what I said keep learning. Don't. Yeah. Don't stop studying. So you you would still advocate for getting good training and good yeah. study? Yeah. You know, Billy Graham wrote a book before he passed uh, as he was nearing home, and he, one of the things he said was he wished he would have spent more time in his study, studying God's Word. Do you agree with that yeah, statement? Yes, that's part of what I was uh, thinking about then when I mentioned that, that, that uh, it's so important you know, I'm uh, 90 years old, and I can. Uh, I've tried to stay in touch, and I had a hard time in a lot of this mission work, which pulled in all directions. Right. You know, staying with that, but learn to have a time to study when you or to read when you just. Do that. You're not preparing a sermon again, because uh, I can uh, I can still get excited about reading about when Jesus called Lazarus out of that tomb. Oh yeah, yeah, and do some things like that just because you want to hear what Jesus did and said, and you don't want to hear it with this person's opinion of this or trying to analyze every word and every detail. Just do it because you love the word and to hear it. There's one other thing. What would I tell the pastor? Keep studying. Another thing that uh, I would uh, say to a pastor also, uh, don't, don't let distractions take you away from the main thing that you're about. See, during those times I pastored, I went through four building programs. Oh, that's brutal. And uh, nowadays, and looking back, what is it, after all these years, it means most to me? It's not those building programs. Yeah. It's those people. Building people. People. It's more important than building buildings. Then. People. Yeah. You know, I can meet people since I'm here where I did a lot of ministry. I can meet people in a store or Walmart or somewhere, and some of them will come up and hug you and say some nice words to you or something. And you remember when you helped them when they went through something. People's a lot more important than a lot of other stuff you do have to do. Yeah. That's right. And you can you can build that and try that. 
You, I can delete that. I can delete that. Yeah. We got it. No problem. Potential spam, of course. <laughs> you get on that? Yeah, I do. So I'll I'll cut that out. That's no problem. People. All right, back back to people though. So the you you would say you would encourage and and I would say I think you'll agree with this. Be sure you're building the ones in your home first as a pastor, right? Your, oh, your yes. wife and your children. That's your first. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump <laughs> that's the gun. Okay. Yeah. To the family, you know. Yeah. Oh, one of the things I think about a lot today, as um, you know that. Part of our decision going back to Central had to do with we have a daughter there, and she and her husband are very active there. And uh, I, she's the oldest one and played the piano and it helped me sometimes in some of the small churches where we didn't have a piano. She'd been involved a lot that I did. And I, and I remember when we... Uh, uh, went to Columbia and she couldn't go and it just about broke her heart <laughs> because and I thought to myself it's about to have you spend some time you know some good time just because it's their family so to clear the record you didn't leave Grace Baptist Church because you were mad at the pastor <laughs> no <laughs> it's officially no. cleared right here on this on this episode yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about. Thank you for that. And so, I, I think that's wonderful that you're getting to spend this time. And I know it's encouraging to your wife to spend time too with her and, yes, and be in church together. Yes, as much as she's able. Ruth yeah. is struggling a little bit. Yeah, you all need to remember to pray for Ruth and Bob. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let me let me kind of shift gears if I can for a minute to the next thing. Uh, you you're also an author. You've written a couple of books, and uh, one is about the history of the Watauga Baptist Association. And one is about Miss Gertrude Hale, and so they're kind of they overlap a little bit. But yeah. let, let's talk about them here, I guess, together for the sake of time. Uh, what kind of uh, prompted you to write about the association? And Miss Gertrude Hale was a she was really she was a director of missions, wasn't she? Yes. In the nineteen what sixties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah. And uh, she Family was <laughs> well, from what I gather from the book, quite the worker. For the Lord, oh yeah, and uh, and it was a bit controversial at, at some places here. Some, but never openly. Yeah, you know, it, there's a lot of in the background. Of course, of course, we don't really have uh, the director of missions is not in Second Timothy, <laughs> so it's not like a pastoral role. Yeah. You and I have talked oh, about no. this before. Well, she never. See, she was. She would have been the first to tell you that she wasn't called to preach. Yeah. But she'd tell you, I am called to be a missionary. <laughs> yeah. And she was faithful. And I, um, I, she lived here, I think, even after she retired. Yes. Right. And the association and, and then the churches here kind of helped take care of her as she aged. Well, and, um, yeah, they, they provided the... They had a the home, I think. Yeah, a home, and they provided that for her. And then, of course, she had the Social Security and retirement sure. through the new board. And in addition to that, she had a lot, a lot of friends scattered all over the two counties who were always 
making sure she was taken care of, you know. Well, and I, I really enjoyed reading about her ministry and the things that happened while she was here. We actually have a ministry now still named after Hale Community yeah. Ministry. And th- some people may not know where that's where that came from, but that yeah. came from uh, Miss Gertrude Hale's last name. In addition to that, though, I enjoyed reading about our association and the past work that's been done, like the partnership in Michigan. You wrote about that yeah. and learning about, you know, as they were partnering to plant, you know, gospel churches there and and I think there was a partnership in Croatia, different areas before, or that might have been churches, but anyhow. Um, but there was definitely a lot of different partnerships throughout the, the time and missions there. And that's, like you said earlier, always been a heartbeat of Southern Baptist's missions. Yeah. So uh, so how when you wrote that, did you just kind of go back and look at minutes? I know they have those books. Uh, yeah, the, yes. Now, in the case of Gertrude, I did uh, quite a few interviews with people, yeah. you know, and uh, went back down. Uh, she grew up down out from Marstown, out in the country. Went down there and interviewed a lot of people who knew her when she was younger, went down there and that kind of thing. Got a little bit of information there at Carson Newman because... One time she was recognized as uh, what uh, graduate of the year or something, but the, the main part of it was the association has uh, oh the minutes of every associational meeting back to the beginning. So I tackled a big job of working through that. That's where most of What's in the book about Gertrude is a lot of it was done with the interviews and some of it done out of the minute. But the other book about the association, it's, uh, for the most part, it it was done uh, in the back of it. There's a bibliography where I got some early stuff out of other books that have been written about that era. But that's... Uh, Yes, and that was a long process. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. What were some of your biggest takeaways in writing those books, you think, from that you learned or, or came to really uh, kind of maybe treasure or understand better? So, Well, I think uh, I gave the title of the history part, the, the larger book, uh, the, you know, about Baptists, uh, what was it, uh, missionary at heart right? because if there's one thing that I've learned from the rural people of Lawrence County and from the mountain people here that and I hope it's still true that the, the, the Baptist people even in the little small struggling churches love missions and they gave you missions and they, uh, they really believed that the church is supposed to spread the gospel around the world. They could all quote to the Great Commission. And uh, so I, I think that's one reason I gave that title. If there's one thing that you put your finger on that uh, really describes the, at least the past of what Doug about is mission. Yeah. As you say, they were 
always involved in it. And missions in some way and you had and they'd always reach out and support any church that was trying to undertake some missionary thing to do. Yeah. Good. Well, I guess uh, I've just got one last question for you here. Is there anything that I should have asked you today, but I didn't? Well, let me think for a minute. Is there anything you should have asked? Um, so you asked me how old I was. Didn't I did you? ask you that, yeah. Maybe you ought to ask me how long Ruth has put up with me. How long has Ruth put up with you? Last year we celebrated 70 years. That's a that's a great, that's excellent. What a great... Uh, 70 years. What's the secret to a 70-year marriage there, Bob? I think one thing is... It's kind of, well, let's describe it this way. Of all these years that that I've pastored and done different things, Ruth has always uh, been right there with me, you know. And, of course, there have been times when she would remind me she wasn't too happy doing certain things. <laughs> but she really has. Uh, when we were in Columbia, she developed, she worked right along with me. And, and in all the churches, she always did everything she could to support people and encourage them. And, and never, never, I don't ever remember a time when I was trying to pray and decide where the Lord might be leading us, that after I would decide and share it with her, I don't ever remember a time when she said, I don't like that or we can't do that. She always said, well, that's what the Lord wants. That's and great. We'll yeah. And that's not that easy because when, when you think about it, we're all, uh, sometimes I kid the family and say, well, I just drug Ruth around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that right. She was a good supporter. No, no kicking and screaming then while you were dragging. <laughs> That's good. Well, good. Well, any, any last words of encouragement to any uh, any pastors or church leaders that may be listening here? These usually come out on a Thursday, so maybe they had a rough business meeting last night or whatever. <laughs> any encouragement for those, those uh, that may be listening? A final encouragement? Well, maybe it's wrapped up in a scripture verse that I always uh, liked. Uh, when we're told that those that trust or love the Lord shall renew yourself, renew yourself, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, run, not be weary, walk, and not faint. Because sometimes things are flying and we're doing great. Sometimes we're just walking, doing what we're supposed to. But then there are other times when it's really slow, you know. Mm -hmm. But in whatever experience we're going through, you know, we'll mount up with wings as eagles run, not be weary. Walk, 
but those last words, not faint, mm. stay in there with me. Right. And I think maybe I'm wrong, I hope I am. But in looking at the situation in our country and the world, I think the church sent for some tough days. Yeah, you know, I was just listening to an interview with the president of a seminary in England, and he was expressing that he thinks England's about 30 years ahead of the United States spiritually. And what they're seeing over there is most of the churches now, you know, the average size of a church in England is about 20 to 25 people. And uh, we're we're not there yet no. in this country, but I would say we're nearing that. We're working on that. <laughs> yeah. He said, I fear we're exporting our sins to the United States. And so uh, in many ways, the uh, as the country and the culture turns a little more acidic towards Christianity, yeah. uh, that's bad in one sense, but it'll be good in another sense, in the sense of those who are really committed to the Lord will stay committed wholeheartedly. And the ones that you do find in those churches in England, I guarantee you they're not there because of cultural Christianity. Yeah. They're there because they truly love the Lord. Yeah. One thing I want to say before I close out is, uh, I don't know if you remember telling me this or not, but um, I asked you once, you know, kind of how you, what you do to sort of refresh yourself, you know, because you've been at it for a little bit longer than I have. And you said, I always try to stay close to the Gospels. And you said, do you remember telling me that? Staying yes, staying close to the Gospels and staying close to what Jesus said. And uh, that has been a real encouragement to me. And I've remembered that and I've tried to do that as part of my regular encouragement right. time with the Lord. So I appreciate you doing this and, and uh, being here with me today. And thank you so much, brother. You're so, very welcome. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.